Welcome to Ministers Talking Sh**, a weekly program where Rev Briz and Rev Z and their guests chat about current affairs, world events, spiritual principles, and any old sh** they want to talk about. Based on the new thought philosophy and ancient wisdoms, Ministers Talking Sh** shares a visionary perspective of the evolving spiral called spiritual living. Join us each week as we explore the emerging paradigm of life on planet Earth and beyond. And good morning, dear ones. Rev Briz over here. Rev Z over here. And we're a couple of ministers talking shit. Welcome to Friday morning, dear ones. We're so grateful that you're with us here on the New Thought Media Network. We come to you every Friday morning, 7 a.m. for a half hour of uh, rousing talk and conversation. And, uh, at, you know, sometimes we push our own buttons. Uh, <laughs> sometimes uh sometimes we say something that makes ourselves push our own buttons uh we did that we did that a little earlier this morning in our discussion but uh z we promised everybody last week this week it would be all about blacks making history and so we titled today's talk uh making black history today uh, and uh, wanted to give you the honor of kicking this off and get a, getting us started we found quite a few uh, really cool stories, and we're going to do our best to highlight as many of these as we can this morning, folks. So uh, settle in, and uh, let's get ourselves started. Z, what do we find? Well, you know, I, I first want to say as a proud graduate of a uh, HBCU, a historical black college and university, which is uh, Florida A&M in, uh, <clears throat> in Tallahassee, Florida, um, <coughs> excuse me, and as we know, our, our vice president also graduated from an HBCU, uh, Vice President Kamala Harris. So definitely want to shout that out as, as being a, a definite uh, uplift. But I also have a personal connection, if you will, from my uh, alma mater. We have two uh, Blacks in politics, uh, Keisha Lance Bottom, who's the mayor of Atlanta, is a graduate from Florida a &M University and uh, a member of Delta Sigma Theta, if I'm not mistaken, and which is uh, one of the uh, nine black fraternities and, and sorority, uh, that's a sorority. Uh, and, and Kamala Harris, who went to Howard University, is a member of AKA sorority. And then there's one other gentleman, Melvin Carter, who is the mayor of St. Paul, Minneapolis, uh, and he's he's a member of a, one of the black fraternities, the Alpha Phi Alpha. And so um, it's when I look at that, just those three, just to kick it off in terms of uh, blacks that are now in government, in politics. And then we go back to Reconstruction and we look at that period of time when there were four senators in Congress. Um, Took a hundred and something years to get back to, well, we had senators before now, but to get a, a real prominence in my mind of having substantial representation throughout the government channels, this is a time where it's happening and it will continue to happen. And also, uh, you have the senator from, from Atlanta who just popped in. So uh, we got we got some good stuff going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Raphael Warnock, right? I, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's interesting. Sometimes I, I know that people don't often 
well, sometimes people don't do what they don't realize is going to happen. Happen. Right. I watched that debate, and it still is burned in my head. Is this <laughs> bland, boring white woman going and the radical and the you know the, the liberal <laughs> radical liberal Raphael Warnock? And I was like, well, at least I'm never going to forget this man's name. And uh, and it's <laughs> exactly. Um, and it's great to see that, yes, folks, right now, um, especially in politics. Now, we've had some fairly powerful black representation in politics all along, but it definitely feels like there is an uptick happening this past year, this past cycle. Um, is uh, is some of that just a, a, a backlash, a, a pushback against all the white supremacy stuff we've seen in the past few years, see? Well, you know, I, 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 I think some of it, you know, and I'll take it might be a, uh, a overreaction on some people's part, trying to, to write the ship, if you will. And, and I'll take it. I mean, we, we need, we need justice and balance any way we can get it. And um, I think, that may be, but but I think also, and I think probably more prevalent is that, uh, especially for the younger generation, they're waking up and they're beginning to see that uh, knowledge has no color, uh, truth has no color, uh, and so when when you can find that, and 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 it's substantial and it's sustaining and and all those good words, then you hold on to it, you know. And and before we go too far, I want to just I know there's one young man who just became the uh and you were talking about him and i want to set him up real good the guy up at harvard but just let's be real clear that the founder of, of, of black history which started out week and is now black history month carter g woodson uh is a member of my fraternity which is omega sci-fi uh he was the second black to get a phd from harvard uh, followed by the first black, which was W.B. Du Bois. And um, Carter G. Woodson also was a graduate of the University of Chicago, which is my daughter, my, my youngest daughter's alma mater. And so, uh, you know, when you look back, and this is back in the early uh, 1900s, 1800s for, for W.B. and 1900s for Carter G., um, you look at this and you say, wow, you know, that that legacy has always been there. It just has not always been recognized. Right. Exactly. So uh, the young man you're speaking of, Noah Harris, he's 21. Uh, he hails from uh, what did it say here? I think it said uh, uh, Mississippi. Yep. Hadesburg, Mississippi. And Noah was named the first black man to be student body president at Harvard. Happened back in just in back in November. Uh, he uh, and yes, as you're saying here, the the article goes on to share a little bit more with us about Du Bois and uh, and other leaders in Harvard. So, right, folks, there's a, been a shift in consciousness in in America, and some of these are well, long, long, long overdue. Right, <laughs> first black male student body president at Harvard in 384 year history. Okay. Probably overdue. And what we know is, well, you know, Harvard's old school. Um, there's some, some of these lists that I want to give a shout out to that in some ways feels like, wow, 
really? It, you, you, this, like, it took this long for this organization? So uh, in 2020, Alicia Bowler Davis is uh, became the first black woman named to Amazon, Amazon.com, Amazon senior team. Now, that's the inner circle that advises Jeff Bezos. So congratulations to Alicia. Because I can only imagine how hard that work must have been to get to that point in that organization. Because if Jeff Bezos has been operating his companies all these years without a senior black advisor, female black advisor, I think he did himself a disservice. Um, so, you know, all right, Jeff, glad you're finally getting on board. Uh, and let's start making this the standard, folks, right? all voices represented in the boardroom as well. So whether it's a public company or a private company, I believe we ought to, every any good leader would be looking to a selection of voices. And truthfully, yes, based on merit, but we also have to take into effect that, uh, into account, we're, we're creating culture with our companies these days, organizations, New Thought Media Network. We're creating culture and in that, I believe there has to be a balance of voices and, of, of all stripes and all colors. Yeah. Who else and, this? Well, you know, the next thing that this, you know, in that corporate, we'll stay in that corporate world for a minute. Um, you know, they're just in March, right? Uh, Rosalind Brewer just became the CEO of Walgreens Boots yes. Alliances. And 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 that's the she is the she is the um only black woman currently the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. Wow, yeah. The, the Fortune of the you know and the the that I mean that in itself can you imagine just being a woman there and then being the only black woman. I mean, they don't have that many black, C they don't have that many women CEOs uh, at all. And being the only black there, that says a lot um, yeah. about her ability. I, I might, I might just have to go back and turn on my Walgreens emails. <laughs> they were getting a little too, they were getting a little too pushy every day, every day, every day. Walgreens is like, yeah, yeah, maybe, but, I don't know. Maybe I'll go back and turn on, turn, give them their space back again. Uh, you know, also in business and in, co in corporations, here's another one. Rashida Jones, 39, uh, is the first black executive to run a major television news network. She's the president of MSNBC. Wow. Um, journalism. So, uh, and this article has her quoted as saying, journalism is such a complicated industry. If you really want to be at a next level journalist that's coloring the history of our world, that's the only reason you should be on this path. She said that back in 2015. Um, so I have a sense that she is totally about writing the history, writing the future of, of journalism uh, in this position. So congratulations, Rashida. That's another really good one. So yo folks, yeah, what, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to let people know we're talking about a list here. We'll make sure we leave a link in the show notes for you. Uh, we found a great site online. Uh, CNBC did a great retrospective of the top 23 
black leaders in 2020. Uh, and, you know, there's some names on here that you're not going to see. How could we do a show on black leadership and not talk about Oprah uh, and all that she's done and all that she continues to do and all that she's going to continue to do? Uh, because in a lot of ways, she was a forerunner. She was out there putting herself out there long before uh, uh, and a lot of others. And I think that uh, perhaps many of these people on this list saw her on television as a younger girl or a younger boy and said, hey, there's somebody that looks like me. And that's a big part of this, folks, is we've got to make sure that our country reflects the melting pot that we've always been so the future generations can see themselves reflected in the leaders of today. And that's a big part of why we're, we're highlighting this program today. So who's up next, Z? Who else are we look well, at? You know, again, I'm a, you know, I started off with something close to my heart of the uh, Historical Black College and University with Kamala Harris and, uh, and Bottoms from, for mayor of Atlanta and Carter, the mayor of uh, St. Paul, Minneapolis. I'm now going to go to another, another half of my heart, which is the <laughs> space program. Uh, I actually worked on the first four launchings of the space shuttle and uh, Ronald McNair, may, may, may he rest in peace, uh, one of the black, uh, black astronauts who, who, who tragically passed away on the uh, Challenger incident. Uh, we now have the first black astronaut, Victor Glover, who was the is the first black astronaut to spend a considerable amount of time living and working on the International Space Station. And I mean, that is, we also has Mae Jameson who was up there in space on this, that, but, but this, this, this young man is living and working on the International Space Station. And so that is a feat, you know, there was at one time, there was just said, uh, a, a story that said, you know, black men don't go in space. Uh, and 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 now, well, we can't say that anymore because he's not only there, he's living there. <laughs> <laughs> he's living there, exactly. Um, and uh, and I'm, <coughs> excuse me. Again, what? How? I, I just love. I I want to big give a huge shout out to anybody that we're mentioning today. Uh, truthfully, <coughs> excuse me, anyone that identifies as a person of color of any amount, any sort, that's set, willing to step into leadership, uh, that's willing to step in and say, hey, I'm going to do the really uncomfortable work here of, of going against the grain, of going against history and, and, and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of history. And this next woman that we want to focus on, uh, I can I don't want to imagine the amount of struggle and pain and perseverance it must have taken for Sidney Barber, uh, 21 years old, to be the first U.S. Naval Academy's first black female brigadier commander. Now, when I think of the Naval Academy, I got to tell you, I do not think of black leadership. It just is, it, to me, it's one of the most white-bred um, institutions we've got. And here is a 21-year-old black female saying, I can do this, and made it, did it. 
175 year history of the, of the Naval Academy. There's never been a black woman to serve as a brigadier commander. Uh, all of that changed uh, in January of 2020, or well, it doesn't actually say if it's 2020 or 2021, but congratulations, Sydney Barber. This is a big story, Z. Yeah. Oh, no, that's huge because, and you know, the other part of that is you look at the long history of blacks in the military. Um, going all the way back to, you know, uh, the Revolutionary War. Um, there's been a long history through all of those wars where Blacks have participated. Um, and, and, and in a lot of ways, they participated as second-class citizens or second-class uh, military men and women. And so, you know, to see now that these uh, individuals in all these different fields are rising to the top and being recognized, you know, I, I will I will take that as okay, let's let's balance the sheet a little bit, but let's also begin to recognize uh truth and 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 genius, if you will, because it has no color, but it just happens to be in the black color this time, and so we'll take it because it helps begin to elevate uh blacks from a you know, imagine when blacks first came here, they were considered chattel, they were looked at like cows or any other farm animal. And, right. and to say that you've come from that to now to reach these heights of all these different uh, men and women is a great accomplishment and great example of fortitude of the character and, and stick-to-itiveness and, and genius that uh, Blacks and African-Americans bring to this table. Yeah, exactly. And, and we're mm -hmm. highlighting folks that Right. The what we're highlighting today are industries where uh, perhaps we don't often see that opportunity um, or where and Z and I were talking about this right before we went live. At some point. And this is still part of the problem. Still, so what I believe wants to be changed at some point, most of these uh, advances or because some black per white person said, yeah, it's okay, and opened a door. Now, let's not kick the door in the face. Let's not kick the, you know, the door is open. So we want to encourage more and more people and more and more people. And every one of these stories, in many ways, represents a ceiling that has been broken. And I have... Uh, Dear friend once shared a line that I loved, let the ceiling that we have just broken be now be the floor upon which we stand, the foundation of which we stand. So that in 2025, we don't have to have a highlight reel of the black people that made of of artists and and educators and scientists and sports figures uh, that made history just because they're black. We're celebrating those today uh, because we want to make sure we are bringing forth some of that information and making sure people are more and more aware of this. So, um, you know, speaking of sports, Z, I know you're more of our sports guy than I am. Uh, and uh, there's a couple of good stories in this list. Jason Wright, 38, first black president of a National Football League team. Uh, yeah. He was named um, it. uh he came into the position with intimate knowledge of the league. He spent seven years as a running back with the Atlanta Falcons, Cleveland Browns, and Arizona Cardinals. Uh, and he 
why am I not even seeing the name? I saw the name. Um, oh, that's why. It, it's Washington. Yeah. So they don't have a name right now. Yeah. Or I'm they, not going to call they, them by their old name, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're just a football team. <laughs> so the Washington football team, exactly. <laughs> so, um, But congratulations, Jason. Uh, he's been serving in that position throughout this whole past year. I don't know how Washington did, did this year, but uh, uh, congratulations, Jason, making it, you know, that's again. Sometimes it surprised me, it surprises me that we haven't had people of color in these positions earlier than this. Yeah. And the only thing I can point to is that there were white folk in power trying to make sure that didn't happen. Um, yeah. Or not opening those doors quickly enough. But and 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 of course I want I, I I'd be remiss if I didn't say one of one of Harvard's uh, perennial uh, you know uh, combatants, if you will, Princeton. It had to make its own history as well. Nicholas Johnson, 23, became the first black valedictorian at the school's 275-year history in May of 2020. Um, you know, so here again, 275-year history, and this young man, uh, what an accomplishment, became the first valedictorian, first black valedictorian, rather, at Princeton University. Um, uh, you know, uh, and, 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 and it be originally began Princeton that is, um, with some, with some ties to uh, institutional slavery. Um, and so the first, I think it was the first nine presidents were themselves slave owners. And, and so now, you know, uh, we are at a different point in the road now. You know, we, we still have lots of road to go, but we'll take it where we are right now and we'll celebrate this, this junction in the road and 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 continue to make the journey, you know? Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. Hey, uh, let's also remember not just football, but basketball also. Uh, Cynthia Marshall, age 61, recently said, I need to make sure I'm not the last. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that's because Cynthia was named the first black female CEO in the NBA. Uh, yep. She's now the, the boss of the Dallas Mavericks. And uh, so say what you will about Mark Cuban. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I think there are many times when that man uh, does see the future. And, uh, and uh, again, I would have liked to, I, I would have thought this would have happened sooner. Maybe not a female, you know, female in sports, they generally, you don't, it's not a, a through line that people immediately jump to. I love seeing that we're having, that we get more women and more uh, women. And again, a black woman in a very, very powerful position within the NBA and a place where she has an opportunity to mentor uh, and shape the future of the sport. I have to make sure that I'm mentoring others and helping others to mentor people like me so that we'll have a second, third, fourth, and fifth black female CEO in the NBA. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Cynthia Marshall, uh, for being, for being there, for doing it, for saying yes to all of this. This is, there's so many great stories we've found this morning. See? Yeah. You know, and, and I see a comment we have here. I'm going to pop it up. It's just to, just to keep in vain for to stay with all of our our uh, 
our constituents here, so to speak. But but Terry Terry Paul brings up this this uh, whole idea of what's happening up in Canada, and and, and you are absolutely right. Uh, I'm going to actually be um, part of a conversation this weekend on a on a film question and answer of a new film that's coming out. Um, I think the long shadow where in, in this movie, the, the filmmaker does a great piece on blacks in Canada, freed blacks in Canada, because, because Canada was part of, of the British colonies and the British colonies, they had uh, abolished slavery. Blacks could go there and be free. <clears throat> and so there's this whole piece in there that talks about, uh, freed blacks that are still there that had land from their families and they have foundations of stuff that are still going on there uh, and how they went there for the gold rush. And I mean, a lot of good information. So, you know, again, this is what we need. We, we, we need to begin to highlight this uh, for others to see what's capable of, of people who were thought to be uh, chattel slavery, a uh, chattel, uh, and for the children and ancestors of those people to know that not only now, but even back then, they were contributing and 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 making advancements in all manner of fields. Uh, and let's continue to let's continue the journey. I don't hear you, Robert. <clears throat> oh, thank you. Um, folks, if you haven't heard mm -hmm. of the movie The Long Shadow, which Z's just mentioned, uh, don't worry about it. It's not in major release. Uh, it's been, uh, it is on PBS on sometimes in some stations. And we are working with the producers and in conversation with the producers of that uh, movie to bring that to you, give you a chance to take a look at it, and then for us to have a, a discussion, meet the director and such. Z is going to be instrumental in that project. We're going to be bringing that to you short, as soon as possible, um, probably within the next month or so. And uh, and I also enjoyed, and I felt I didn't know that piece either of Black history, that there was a great exodus to Canada. Uh, and, uh, and the Black culture was welcomed in Canada in many ways and has become part of the, the mosaic. So I like how you say that, Terry, also. Thank you. And uh, uh, change, changing my terms, right? Let's, let's, get rid of, uh, let's get rid of the melting pot because the mm. truth is we, we don't want to just become an amalgamation of one of everything. We want mm. to remain, keep our identities, our individual uniquenesses, our cultures, our upbringing, our history, because that is what makes us one. That is, that is why we are here in the oneness. Uh, yes. If we were all milk toasted, it'd be pretty damn boring. That's for sure. Uh, so cool. Yeah, and, and, you know, as you said that it, 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 and I'm sitting here and I was going to bring up, you know, I didn't get my cup of coffee this morning. And I'm upset with myself, but I do want to make it known that Melody Hobson is the first black female to serve as the chairman of the board for Starbucks. She's the chair of the board for Starbucks, 51 years old. Um, 
you know, when we look at these and, and, and we, <clears throat> we look at some of the ages on these 51, 38 for the football. And these are, these are, these are great opportunities for the individuals themselves, given this varied range of, uh, of ages, but it also gives them time to be around to mentor and set examples, uh, for people following in their footsteps or who are, have aspirations and don't quite know what it is that they want to do yet. You off. There we go. I keep doing that because I've been looking for a YouTube page to share with everybody and I can't find one. Uh, because before we go, folks, what we want to share with you is perhaps... Uh, well, at least from my perspective, one of the most instrumental uh, black figures of the year. And, you know, we know that we didn't learn her name till 2021 for most of us. Uh, and yet Amanda Gorman has been around and doing great and great and great work. And I was looking to see if I could find a YouTube page uh, that's her page not just mm -hmm. a news cover, but there's so much news coverage of her in the past month. I'm five yeah. pages down and I still can't see if she has her own YouTube page. So I should, I'll do a little better uh, research for you, but I'll, it would be real easy to sit here right now and play a seven minute video of her and her uh, poem and f called the hill for climbing the hill from uh, the inauguration, but that's not what it's about. It's not about that one-time event. It's not about that flash that brought her to the national stage. It's about the work that she did to get there. Mm -hmm. And as, as a past youth poet laureate of the United States, that's a huge honor in itself. I imagine one day she will be the poet laureate of the United States, the adult version. Um, she shined so brightly at the inauguration um, and I believe is an example of the future of black leadership in this country. So um, please go find other, go seek out this woman's work, go read her poem, find the videos. There's other readings of her doing other readings of other poems across the internet. Uh, it's not just that one thing. Let's support. And that brings me to my, my, our, big call of action today, right? Let's find ways to support black leadership wherever it may rise. Wherever you may see a person of color striving to be in leadership, let's say yes. Let's support there. And of course, we have to make sure beliefs are in alignment and, um, and all that. There's some names I could mention I wouldn't vote for, but let's overall within our philosophy, within this belief system we call new thought, let's keep promoting the black voices and the voices of color and those that uh, I, I want every young boy and girl to wake up, look at a TV screen or a video screen or a computer and say, there's somebody that looks like me doing in leadership. Yeah. Any I final think, thoughts this morning, Z? Well, my final thoughts would be uh, keep rising to the top. Give it all you got. Uh, that that's that says it all to me. Yeah, right on. Hey, folks, we do realize uh, we had if you were here early in the program, we had somebody uh, trying to 
raise a little drama in one of the rooms and making some inappropriate comments. I uh, blocked him and got him out of the stream as quickly as I could. If for some chance you're still able to see one of those errant comments, please just uh, block, disregard, ignore. Uh, and if you're watching on a replay and you don't see it, well, hey, good. That means the system's working and uh, you weren't interrupted by that. <laughs> and and just quickly, I know we're over a couple seconds, a minute, but just the thought of that, that here we are giving uplift and, and knowledge of accomplishment in the human society from a black perspective. And we got people who can't even fathom that and they have to be rude and uncouth and I'm I'm done. We're gonna heal that. We're heal. We're help. We're helping to heal that, folks. Yes, sir. Every, every day, day by day, we're helping to heal that. So, um, and yes, we are. We have, we're gonna get back to keeping it under thirty minutes, folks. I know we keep running over the last couple of weeks. I think we're just having too much fun, uh, and that's part of. We're almost at our one year anniversary here on the program. Uh, tough to believe, but yes. This is episode 46, so uh, we want to do something special for our one-year anniversary, and we want to do something special for you, and we don't know what that is. So yeah. let us know what we can do uh, to help for you to help celebrate our one-year anniversary of Ministers Talking Shit. You can email us at ministertalk at ntmedia.org, or if you have any other feedback, things you'd like us to cover. Uh, Terry has sent us a, a suggestion on uh, some material we might want to cover, and we're going to look at that. Uh, so thank you for that, Terry. Anyone else, please do hit us up, <clears throat> ministertalk at ntmedia.org. We'd love to have you be part of the conversation. And if you feel you'd like to come on the, on the broadcast and join us on a Friday morning sometime, let me know that as well. We can talk about that, get you to come in here and share uh, share with us as well. So we're going to get out of here for now. Please join us again here on the New Thought Media Network, 8.15 a.m., just about 45 minutes now from now for our morning prayer. Today is also Friday, which means at 9 a.m. we do the Heart of Peace meditation. And at 6 p.m. we have the Fireside Chat with Pastor Michael Mangus. Keep joining us for those. Big shout out and a big thank you to all of our supporters and all those that have donated in the past week. There is a link in the show description if you'd like to join that group of people and add your financial support to this network. It does go a long, long way to making sure we can share this message with as many people as we can possibly reach. So uh, thanks for being with us, folks. We're going to get out of here. And I think Z's got a cup of coffee waiting for him. So yes. <laughs> Until and next week. All right. Have a great <laughs> week, everybody. There's a good final thought. And go get yours. <laughs> Love y'all. And thanks for listening to this week's episode of Ministers Talking <laughs> We'll be back again next week with more commentary on current affairs, world events, and any other <laughs> our ministers want to talk about. And if you found value here, please share our <laughs> with your friends. Until next time, peace and blessings. <laughs>